0: When this boy meets girl, meets boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 9. Ep- season 6, Episode 6-9. Six, nice. Thanks. Chapter titled?
1: Poetic License, an Ode to Holding Caulfield.
0: What a title.
1: What a title. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl.
0: And I'm sick.
1: Yeah, he's really sick. I'm very surprised we're doing this podcast tonight.
0: Yes. Me Don't too. Don't worry, though.
1: It's not COVID. He got tested. I, oh,
0: yeah. I got tested. I was worried for a bit. A little bit. Um. Anyway. So yeah, this is Chanya's episode to run. Like, this is all her. Do you have any questions for me before we go into stuff? Like, do you have any thoughts on like, did you ever have a?
1: Yeah. Did you ever write a poem for anybody?
0: Oh, I mean, yes. Hello, <laughs> hi. I'm Alden. <laughs> I'm the boy. Uh, I mean, yes. I've written poems for people. I've written songs for people. I've written. I mean, that's I. I've. I was once a very artistic person.
1: Mm-hmm. You've never written a poem for me.
0: I haven't written poems in years. I mean, I'm not a poem writer.
1: Well, I mean, songs are poetry.
0: Well, I've written a song for you.
1: You wrote a song for our house.
0: Yeah, it's all about how much I love you and the fact that we get to come back to our house together. (laughs) That is a song for you. I'm sorry it's not specifically say, oh, Tanya, oh, Tanya. (laughs) Uh, That's not how uh, poetry works.
1: I would like to say you have written songs in the past. That had people's names in them.
0: That's true. I've written many.
1: So I need a song that's like, oh, Tanya, oh, Tanya, I love you so much.
0: Okay. (laughs) I'll write it.
1: Okay. I'm holding you to that, because I would like you to write songs again and do music again. I was
0: thinking about pulling my guitar out today. Um, I don't know why that sounds so sexual. Uh, I was... was...
1: Just whip it out. Whip out that guitar. Well,
0: that made it worse. (laughs) Um... No, i i, I want to, um, I want to rearrange our room. That's so boring to talk about on a podcast. But I want like my guitar to be more readily available, um, and I want to play it more often.
1: Good, because I think you should.
0: I'm gonna re-download Rocksmith and start playing some more that way to kind of get back into it. Hmm. Anyway, have you ever written a poem for someone? Oh yeah. You've never written a poem for me. You don't know that. You've never written a poem for me and given it to me. That is true.
1: But I have written poems for you. I just haven't given them to you. I've never given anyone a poem I've written.
0: Well, that's fucked up.
1: I write them for me.
0: Yeah, but... When I
1: have trouble getting my thoughts out, I write them down on paper, and it's for me.
0: But if you want me to write a song for you, I want a poem for me.
1: But that's not fair, because you've written songs for other people multiple times, I and sense and, like what perform them for them and i have not given anyone poems that i wrote for them i'm not a good writer neither am i yeah you are i've
0: written songs for people and performed them in front of hundreds of people
1: Uh uh-huh i don't i don't (laughs) see your point anyway so so
0: you can perform a poem in front of one person or you just slide it under my door and like (laughs) let me read it in peace and quiet so you're not embarrassed anyway how many poems have you written like did you write a lot
1: I've written quite a few poems.
0: Are we talking like hundreds of poems?
1: Oh, no. Not even close. But really? I I love poetry. Like, a, I love it. I, I feel know, like
0: a poet would, would write hundreds of poems.
1: I'm not a poet. I've written poems. Oh. I'm, I'm not, not a writer.
0: I'm not a biter. I'm a writer for myself and others.
1: Uh, so what have you been up to?
0: That's Jay-Z. Uh, I've been in bed a lot because I got real sick. I yeah. was like, um, today is Saturday. Wednesday, I was like, man, my allergies are really bothering me. And Thursday morning, I was like, man, my allergies are still bothering me. And then Thursday, at about 1 o'clock, I said, I'm going to bed and never coming back. And I haven't.
1: It's true. Every time I see him lately, he's in bed. This is the first time he's been out of bed, is sitting at the computer.
0: That's not true.
1: Okay, we sat on the couch to eat dinner.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That I bought with my own hard-earned money.
1: It's true. It was delicious. We had the same dinner two nights in a row.
0: Yeah, it was so delicious. We had it twice. Yes, that's poetic. <laughs> I can't open my water bottle.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Got it.
1: Yeah, you should write. You should write a poem or a song for glory days.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't write poems. I mean, I, I write songs, and um, I mean, I I've written hundreds of songs in Mm -hmm. my lifetime um but i've never considered myself a poet like i'm not good with um i'm not good i'm i'm more a cory poet right so
1: you're not good with like pentameter
0: Hmm? no i'm fine with pentameter they're a really good band um i grew up they really got me into metal
1: so what i've been (laughs) up to lately is I've been working and I watched Cruella this week and it was wonderful. And um well, can you ask me what I've been up to?
0: No. <laughs> Why? Because you've already you started.
1: So Cruella came out of left field for me. It was so good. That's all I gotta say. The
0: Emma Stone movie?
1: Yeah. 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 I don't have any desire to watch any Disney live-action movies, and I don't know why I happened to turn it on, but I did, and I was really happy that I did.
0: Can I tell the class a quick story about who my wife is as a person?
1: I think they know at this point. (laughs) Like, they probably know who I am as a person.
0: So um, Tanya, uh, my lovely wife, came to me like four minutes after. She was like, I think I'm going to watch Corella. So she started it, and like four minutes later, she's coming into my room while I'm at work. Um And she's like, I have to tell you something. <laughs> Cruella is amazing. And I didn't think Emma Stone would be able to pull off Cruella. <laughs> but now, <laughs> I don't think there's anybody else who could possibly do it
1: for some reason he thinks this is the most amusing thing that's ever happened in his life it's
0: so amusing to me because like think of the the turnaround and it it really does encapsulate tanya as a person as a whole like she literally thought this person can't do this (laughs) and then four minutes later she's like no one else on earth could do this how could i be so blind as to not realize that no one could be cruella but her like
1: also she deserves an oscar
0: the jump there is unbelievable like there's absolutely no middle ground there's no oh you know what she did great i could i could see a few people doing this role it's no one else on (laughs) earth could handle this role and i thought that was very funny but it's true. And it, and it really is. It's Tanya in a nutshell. I mean, how many times she started Sweet Tooth and was like, I don't think I like this show. And in my head, I thought she's going to love this show. And about, I'd say it's about four minutes, about four minutes later, she's like, the show is so good.
1: I would also like to say, and I've realized that I do this almost every time i watch something is i like burst into a room like kramer style i'm like guess what this is the best thing i've ever seen in my life
0: yeah that's very true like you can't just have that emotion and continue enjoying the show you're like this needs to be said
1: I just have to get off my chest. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should start writing poems about yeah. everything that I watch on television. Yeah. So my next poem would be about Lula Rich.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I made Alden start watching the Lula Road documentary while we ate dinner tonight, and I am infatuated with it, and he's done with it already.
0: Yeah. No, I, it's not bad, but it's definitely too long.
1: I mean, it's four episodes.
0: Yeah. No, it, it should have been an hour-long movie, and it, it would have been great.
1: I'm um, very not. excited that it's four episodes. As someone who still wears her sushi leggings in the fall.
0: Yeah. Well, as someone who sat next to you on the bed while you excitedly watched these LuLaRoe...
1: Pop-ups? Yeah. How to get certain leggings. It was very important.
0: Oh, I remember. For
1: like three months.
0: <laughs> I remember. Um, anyway. So that's, that's what we've
1: been up to. I can't wait
0: to hear a Leela poem. <laughs> yeah, that's what we've been up to. But we, you know what else we've done? What do we do? We watch Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 9, Chapter Titled.
1: Do I really have to read the title again? Yeah. Oh, okay. Poetic License, An Ode to Holden Caulfield.
0: And, Tanya,
1: yes, can
0: you please blur me up?
1: I suppose. Make it
0: nice and poetic.
1: Um, But it's not a poem. But the blurb for Season 6, Episode 9 is A Poem Stirs Up Unresolved Feelings Between Sean and Angela.
0: And this episode was directed by one William Russ. Okay. And it was written okay. by... Erica Montalfo. Who's I, that? I hope I said that right. Erica Montalfo. She wrote three episodes of Boy Meets World and then went off to write a few things. Um nothing big. Um Zoe After, Four episodes of The Neighborhood. Three episodes of The Connors. Uh but more importantly, she went on to produce a bunch of stuff, and probably that's where she made her money.
1: Good to know. Good Thanks to for know. that brief history. Brief
0: history of Erica Montalvo. Um, where do we start? Classroom or not?
1: Classroom.
0: What? You
1: didn't even make that like that exciting this time.
0: I know. I'm not on my game. In fact, You're I feel it. You just be
1: like Tanya. Yes. Classroom or not?
0: It is
1: <gasps> the
0: classroom. Bye! Okay. Now we, we did our shit. Okay. Uh, and I am I am checking out. This is the Tanya up, and I already feel like I have s- said way too many words.
1: All right. So we start in the classroom. It's Feeney's classroom, and he's talking about poetry. And um, he starts to talk about the poem that he's about to read. He said it's an unpublished manuscript of J.D. Salinger. Um, he doesn't give the author's name or anything, and Corey immediately goes, "Ah, nappy time. And then Mr. Feeney starts to read, and what does the poem say?
0: The poem says, remember when I said I've already said too many words? Now I'm going to read an entire poem. Um, You should have
1: gotten your guitar out for this, and like strummed along with the poem. It's
0: not a song, and Feeney did not. or guitar.
1: It still would have added to some ambiance.
0: So the poem is... It is possible... And bear in mind, this is a really good poem. So I hope my sick voice does it any sort of justice. Do we
1: know who wrote the poem? Yes. Like in real life? Yes. Okay.
0: It is possible to assassinate my heroes with the scope of my individualism. However, by their own persistence to themselves, I believe that they have chosen me to pursue a self... What is literature but the illumination of that which I would write? Salinger speaks through me, to me, whispers. Where to, little boy? My answer is the dogged pen to page, which lights consistently the pathway home. It is on that road that I alone can trip my way back to myself. That's so good.
1: It is so good. Yeah. Um, so... Everyone kind of, like, you can tell they're just, like, in love with this poem, except for a young Corey Matthews, Uh who is like, goodness gracious, like, starts belly aching, and Mr. Feeney's like, uh, Mr. Matthews, would you like to try your hand at this one, or take a stab at this one, and Corey's like, yes, I would like to take a stab, and he's just like... Like, what kind of nonsense is this? You call that a poem? The name dropping. And he, like, goes on and on and on. He's like, like, in J.D. Salinger, Uh, what is up with Catcher in the Rye? Has he written anything else in the past, like, 90 years? And he just goes on and on and on. And everyone's kind of mad at him about it. And Angela is just like, actually, that poem was really good. Um. And the class kind of disperses, and um, Mr. Feeney comes over, and Corey is still kind of bellyaching about the poem to Sean, and Mr. Feeney was like...
0: Because Angela's like, can you believe someone our age wrote something that beautiful?
1: Right. And Mr. Feeney basically says, do you guys know who wrote that poem? And... They're like, no. And he's like, it was Mr. Hunter. And Corey goes, oh, I loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, like, a whole conversation happens. Mr. Feeney's like, Sean, do you have any more poems? Like, I really love this one. And Sean's like, look, I write them for me. I don't really want them out in the world. And Corey's like, I've got poems. I'm really good at poetry. How hard can it be? Like, it's really easy. Um, And they talk about the fact that there's going to be, like, a poetry reading.
0: Yeah, and, and Corey's poems are very, like, Susie and, like, he is trying to, like, just make these very simple rhymes, and he c- considers that a poem.
1: And so Corey's like, come on, Sean, you've got to do this. You've got to write a poem for this poetry reading, and Sean's like, fine, and... Well,
0: Sean does not say fine yet. Sean is saying no.
1: Well, and he, um, but as he's leaving, he kind of gives in to Corey, and Corey's like... Uh, he's, uh, well, at, he's going to write his, he's going to write a poem in the dorm, but not up, his home.
0: But up until that, like, there's a very important part there that everyone is jumping down Corey's throat. Right. They're like, leave him alone. Topanga's saying, leave him alone. Angela's saying, leave him alone. Right. Sean is saying, stop putting pressure on me. Right. I don't want to do this. And Corey is like, we'll be there, Mr. Feeney. Yeah. And Mr. Feeney leaves, and that's when Corey like, is like, so you're going to do it right? And Sean is like, will it make you shut up? So basically, Corey has annoyed Sean into mm-hmm. saying, fine, sure. And Sean leaves to go write a poem, and that's when Corey says he went to his He's write going a poem. to write a
1: poem in his dorm, not his home. Yeah. And now we go to the apartment. Yep. Uh, Eric is at the little island thing in the kitchen and he's like clicking his pen over and over and over again and he looks over at Rachel who's twisting her hair and he's like, Stop it with the hair. Jack
0: is eating an apple, but it's very like an anti-ASMR experience. Well,
1: yeah, but we don't notice that Jack is eating an apple immediately. It goes from the pen clicking to the hair twisting. And then it goes, all of a sudden we realize that Jack is like crunching and slobbering on an apple. And Rachel's like, oh my gosh, the apple and the pen. And like everybody's like really mad at each other. And Eric is like, that's it. I'm going to the library. And he walks out of the dorm or the apartment and Jack's like, Thank God, now we can finally study. And then the door opens again and Eric is standing there. He's like, I don't know where the library is. So the next thing we see is all three of them walking into the library that is full of people.
0: Full of stressed out college students.
1: Um, And it's quiet when they walk in, but then they sit down and immediately start making, like, some noise. And this girl who's sitting across from Eric is like, can you please shut up? And, like, yelling at him. And Rachel turns around and is like, hey, that's my friend. And um, the other girl stands up and she's like, yeah, well, I don't like your friend. And then Rachel stands up and she's like, double this girl's height. And they start, like, she starts chasing this girl, and then another guy gets up and tells Jack that he doesn't like his face, and, like, they start fighting, and Eric's just like, Rachel, what are you doing? And Rachel's like, I'm chasing this troll, and um, so everybody's in chaos.
0: Right, and then Eric finally, like, gets everyone to quiet down, and Eric says, listen, we got a plan, I got a plan here, just listen to me. Everybody take off your left shoe and throw it right here in a pile. So they all take off their left shoe, throw it in a pile, and Eric goes, how is everybody feeling right now? And some guy is like,
1: the guy behind my foot the is cold. Shelf.
0: And Eric is like, yes, but you're not thinking about you know what. And he's like, I'm not going to say it, because we don't need to think about it. We all need, know that we need to study for our you know what, because our you know what is 90% of our grade, but... Uh, we need to focus on other things now. Everybody go into that pile, pick up somebody else's shoe, and whoever matches it, you're going to take them out to the movies.
1: Um, so they all start doing that, and Jack picks up a shoe, and he's like, there's gum all over this shoe. And the guy who had told me that to, like, his face comes over, it was obviously his shoe.
0: Yeah, and, and so while he's doing all this, Eric is like, and this is the foolproof Eric Matthews study plan. And, um... Well,
1: and he's standing beside this person, has his arm around this person, and this person has his head, like, laying on his shoulder.
0: Well, he goes, this is the foolproof Eric Matthews study plan, and I'm Eric Matthews. And the guy that he's got his arm around, like, leans over and put his head (laughs) just very, like, um... What word am I looking for? Just relax. It's the same thing that Fred does when it's like, oh, I'm going to come late. Yeah, contentness.
1: Contentment.
0: Okay, whatever words are.
1: (laughs) So everyone's going to the movies, and then we go to the student union. There's a fire in the fireplace. Lots of ambiance. There's a guy playing the bongos. Corey's up at the mic.
0: Doing a terrible poem.
1: Doing, like, a a very elementary poem about, like, my girlfriend's so pretty, and she's smart, and she's, like, the queen of my heart, and then he just ends it with tapanga,
0: Which was kind of funny.
1: Tapanga. That is not going to sound great in headphones, but...
0: I think it sounds great. (laughs) Everybody, let us know on our Facebook group how that sounded in headphones.
1: So... He finishes his poem and Feeney gets up and he's like, all right, so we have one last reading from Sean Hunter. And Sean is pissed because he wasn't planning to do it. And they're just like, come on, get up there. You've got to do it. So Sean goes up there and he opens up his book and he starts to read and he's just like, you don't know it. And then there's nothing. And he's like, you don't know it. And then he's like overwhelmed with emotions and he runs out of the room.
0: And Corey gets up and he's like, Don't worry, everybody. I'll, I got another poem. And then he's like, You know what? I'll just read the poem Sean was going to read because Sean left his notebook sitting there at the, at the mic. Mm -hmm. So Corey reads it. Um, I guess I should do that too.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then maybe when should I tell you the writers of these poems?
1: After this one.
0: Okay. So this poem, uh, You don't know it, but sometimes I go to a hill that overlooks the landscape's mask of city lights, for a sip of momentary grace. On this brink of everything I know, I can gain an eyeful of the lost Atlantis in the human soul, and a breath that fills my lungs with the air between two stars. If you were now to capture the image of this elation in the framework of your mind, or find transcendence through these words— then at most you would know nothing of the beauty of your existence throws to me. For mine is a love no experience, no measure, no words, could ever degrade into reality by virtue of degree. So good. So good?
1: It's so good.
0: So incredible. And these were both written by Ryder Strong. I thought so. Um...
1: I was gonna look it up, and I was like, "No, I'll bet Alden already knows, and I would like to be surprised." But yeah. I, I thought that he did because it sounds like him.
0: Yeah, they were very, very, very good. The first one, especially the the Holden Caulfield one, like that was really, really good. But they
1: both are. I, I don't know. He's such a talented person. Yeah. Um, I just they were both amazing.
0: Anyway, so Corey read, but what's not amazing is that Corey read this poem for him. Right. Um, And everyone's kind of taken aback. And Corey himself is taken aback. And Angela is almost in tears. Mm -hmm. And Sean, like, storms in, grabs Corey by the, the shirt, but, like, in the most aggressive way imaginable, and pulls him outside and is like, we need to talk.
1: And Corey's just like, what? And Sean's like, do you have any idea what you just did? And Corey's like, you wrote a poem. I read it for you. Like, I did this for you. I did it for your own good. And Sean was like, no, you didn't. Um, I asked you to back off. You completely disregarded my feelings.
0: And Corey is like, look, I, I you know what? I'm I'm sorry that uh, I read that. But and Sean just like flips out. And he's, he's like,
1: not this time. There is, is no is but. That is not going to work this time. Yeah. Um, And he says, like, I can't say certain things, so I write them down. I do this for me. Do you even know what this poem is about? Do you even know who this poem is about? And Corey goes, me? And Sean just like, oh, my God, no, it's not about you. That poem was about Angela.
0: And at this point, Angela and Topanga are both outside, but like out of eyesight of them. So they hear him say these things. So Angela, like, walks over.
1: And smacks Sean in the face.
0: Yep. And...
1: Then we go to the dorm.
0: Yeah, girls dorm. We go to Angela's room.
1: Yep. Um, Angela is sitting on her bed, and Corey comes in to talk to her, and he's just like, you know, obviously, like, he still has feelings for you, and Angela's like, look, this is what he wanted. He wanted us to have space, and he hasn't told me differently. If he felt differently, then he should tell me. And Corey's like, well, maybe he's telling you the best way he knows how.
0: And and throughout this, Corey says, well, first he says, you know what? I don't know what to say to you, Angela. And she's like, well, that's a first. Yeah. Uh, and he says, listen, I'm I'm sorry that, you know what? No, I'm not sorry. I did this to help him.
1: Well, he says, it's not my nature to interfere.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so he literally says, I'm sorry, but wait, no, I did the right thing. I'm not sorry at all.
1: Right. Um, But he says, like, so Sean told you the best way he knows how. You should tell him how you feel, too. Because they talk about the fact that Angela had told Corey in the bathroom that she still was in love with Sean. And Corey hasn't told anyone, to his credit. Yeah. And, um... Angela's like, I still feel that way. And Cory's like, well, then you need to tell him. And she's like, okay, well, maybe I will. And now we go back to the student union.
0: Where Sean is sitting in front of the fireplace writing things. And Angela comes over to him. And he, like, awkwardly moves back. And it's just kind of like, hey, you know what? We need to talk. And she... Mm. You can tell just by her acting and and Angela, um, um, how she is, uh, her body language, Mm -hmm. like she's ready to tell him her feelings. Mm -hmm. And he's like, listen, I just got to say, I wrote that a long time ago. It was before we broke up. I don't really have feelings for you. So you're cool. Like, don't worry about it. Don't don't let things be weird because I know you've already moved on.
1: Yeah. And before that, he was talking about how much like – they used to talk so much and how much he misses the fact that they used to talk and that they should still talk. And Angela's like, yes, I completely agree. And then he goes on the rant about like basically covering his tracks and she's heartbroken and he doesn't seem to notice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> True. I don't remember what happens next.
1: Uh, we go to the hallway. Uh, where everyone who was in the library when Eric took over is, like, best friends with each other. Like, um, I think Rachel's new best friend's name is Audrey, the one that she called a troll. And they're over there talking about, like, they're just inseparable now. And Jack is friends with the gumshoe guy. And, like, everyone is in a great mood. And Eric is standing there and they're just like, man, Eric... Who knew? Like, all we need to do is relax. What's the success rate on your plan? And he's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, the study the study plan. And he's like, oh, I I just made that up. and uh, But it worked, right? And they're like, wait, what? And they all start screaming at each and, other.
0: And he says, I know you guys are excited to see the results. I am too. Because I have no idea how it's going to go. And Feeney goes out and he puts out the... The test results on the cork board like it's... While
1: they're screaming at each other.
0: Yeah. Like it's a sports movie in the 1980s.
1: Yep. Um, And they all go over and start reading and everyone got really good grades. Like Audrey and Rachel are hugging each other. Everyone got A's. Like it worked well and they're yelling, Eric, Eric, Eric.
0: I really loved the part where... Audrey is standing behind Rachel, who's reading the names, and Audrey can't see over Rachel. So she's like,
1: I, I, can't, I can't see. I can't
0: see. And then Rachel turns around and she's like,
1: we got it. I wish Rachel had, like, picked her up and <laughs> lifted her up to the paper. Um, so everyone's, like, going down the hallway going, Eric, Eric. And Eric is standing there and Feeney's, like, beside him, staring at him. And Eric's like, Feeney. Feeney. And Mr. Feeney's like, alright, so what did you do?
0: And Eric tells him kind of what they did as far as like the study plan, whatever, and, and uh Mr. Feeney's like, that's that's so smart, that's good. Like um, there have
1: been studies about this, about how, you know, it works with the the pressure of these situations is not good for the test results. Like you need to relax, you need to be mellow for these tests, but first you have to study and, and make fill sure your brain with the information. You
0: have absorbed the material fully. And Eric is like, "Yes." And he's like, "You forgot about that part, didn't you?" And Eric's like, "Yes." And Eric's like, "I got a bad grade, didn't I?" And Feeney goes, "Yes." <laughs> And Feeney like walks him back into the classroom and Eric stops and checks his name on the board. And he's like, doe. And Mr. Feeney like throws him in the room and he's like, I told you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so now we go um, to the student union again. Topanga and Sean are talking um, and Topanga's just like, you know... Did you talk to Angela? Is everything okay? They were waiting to go to a movie. And um, Sean's just like, yeah, we're fine. She, you know, doesn't have feelings for me anymore. And Payne's like, okay. Uh, and then at the same time, we go outside of the student union where Angela and Corey are talking to each other. And I love seeing Angela's like hands-on approach to friendship. Like she does it with Topanga. She does it with Sean. She does it with Corey where she's like always like fixing their jackets or like she'll mess with Topanga's hair or it's just a very natural thing. Um, So she's like fixing Corey's jacket and she's just like, remember what we talked about? Like you cannot say anything. And Corey's like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, but I don't want things to be weird. He's like, you know, are you okay with us going to the movies, the four of us? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. Um, but you cannot say anything, not even to Topanga. And he's like, I promise. And then we go back to the student, inside the student union where Sean's like, you can't say anything to anybody, not even Corey.
0: Because he tells Topanga that he wrote this before they broke up.
1: Oh, And
0: yeah. as he goes to put the notebook back in his backpack, Topanga goes, hey, Sean, wait a second isn't that the notebook I bought you for your birthday? And he's like, yeah, so what? And she goes, "Um, you broke up with Angela before your birthday. You didn't write this poem before you guys broke up. When did you write it? And Sean is like, "Uh, two weeks ago. And Topanga like jumps him and she's like, you're still in love with Angela. Oh my God.
1: So now she has to pinky promise Sean that she's not going to say anything to anyone, even Corey. And so she does. And so two promises have been made. Corey and Angela come into the student union. They're like, all right, we got to get to the movies. Um, Corey asks Topanga what she promised Sean. And she says, I promised that I would kill you if we don't make it to the movie on time. And um, Angela and Topanga go to walk out. And Corey looks at Sean and is like, hey, are we good? And Sean's like, mm, well, you're my date, right? And off they go to the movies.
0: So no repercussions for Corey. No, no, Anyway, um, is that the post-credit scene? No,
1: the credit scene is back in the student union, a different oh, right. time where we're having a poetry reading. And it's Corey up at the mic. The bongo player is bongoing. And Corey's just like, this poem is called frustration and then he says just like come on Topanga and then he's like my next poem is called Feeny and then he's like Feeny's very smart in all subjects including art I actually don't know this poem I'm just trying to remember that was really good um but and then he's like he always helps with my frustration or he can't even help with my frustration and then he's just like come on Topanga is this a sex thing? Is he mad that they're not having sex yet?
0: No, it sounded like a girls are so late to everything kind of kind of thing to me. Huh? That's that's how I that's how I interpreted the poem.
1: That's so weird coming from you because I'm never late to anything.
0: Yeah, I didn't say I wrote it. That was weird that you assumed. No, that...
1: it's just like that. That's where your brain would go. No,
0: because that's what I the way I interpreted the way he read it. Mm. Um. Anyway, Tanya. Yes. I have a question for you. What is it? First off, you said uh, you called the guy that was talking to Jack gumshoe, and now I'm trying to figure out where that term came from. Like, why are detectives called gumshoes in old stories? Like, why would they have have, have gums on their shoe? Gums? <laughs> yeah. Why would they have gum on their shoes? I'm very sick. I don't know. I'm struggling. Um, anyway. You're going to look it up? I don't think you should look it up. Let's see. Let's have that conversation on our Facebook page. Okay. I have another question for you, though. What
1: is it? I'm on the edge of my seat.
0: Do you think gumshoes are called that because they step in gum a lot?
1: I was thinking more along the lines of gum on a shoe would be an important clue in a mystery.
0: Mm. Anyway, I have another question for you. A third question.
1: These are a lot of questions.
0: How'd you feel about this episode?
1: I really liked this episode. Um, I love a Sean centric episode. I think Ryder strong is brilliant. Like he's on this little sitcom and he acts his face off like, the whole time. Like, he's such a good actor. Mm -hmm. Um, And Trina McGee is such a good actress. When she sits in front of him at the fireplace, like, she is, like, feeding the camera looks of complete and utter, like, just awe of Sean. Like, she's in love with him, and she's, like, waiting for them to reconcile. And it's She has this look on her face that is just so sweet. And Sean is, again, playing this part of, like, this confused man. Like, he's not even really a teenager at this point. He's always had to be older than what he is. He's always had to deal with things in a more adult manner. But he still is having so much trouble wrapping his head around things. I don't know. It's just the two of them... Are so good. Yeah. Um, and I cannot believe that they acted so well in this like teen sitcom. Mm-hmm. There's I don't think there's anything to compare their performance to in sitcoms at all. Um
0: how does it compare to Emma Stone in Cruella? Um
1: it's two completely different genres. Oh, okay. So I can't really compare, but I just Ryder Strong is phenomenal. Yeah. They really lucked out with him. Um and I know he did a bunch of stuff after and like he's still like he's like directing things and he, he does a lot of work. Um but I don't think I ever saw anything that would have shown me, like, from watching this episode, where I'm like, gosh, his potential. Like, I don't think anything he did after this truly recognized, like, his real potential for acting.
0: Well, I don't... He he wasn't in love with it, right? right. Like, he said that, that he didn't enjoy the... He, he didn't enjoy... Everything that went into it, Mm -hmm. all of the politicking and and, um, auditioning and stuff, like it Mm -hmm. was just not a fun process.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he likes to learn and he likes to like immerse himself in learning things. It's just, I don't know. I've listened to, I haven't listened to his podcast in a while and I, I really need to get back to listening to it. Sometimes it's a little too smart for me and that's why I stop. I'm not the smartest person in the world.
0: That's not true.
1: Yeah, it is. But um, I just think he's wonderful. And I really enjoyed this episode. Um, Eric and Jack and Rachel's part of it. Eric was fantastic. And the whole thing with Audrey, the little, the girl who's half Rachel's size and like her running around calling this girl a troll. I don't know. It was really, really funny. Corey was irritating. He got called out on his shit, but still, again, no repercussions whatsoever. Like, his best friend is still his best friend. Not that I would want him to not be his best friend, because, like, the show's about Corey, and if Sean's not his best friend, then, like, Sean's not really there. Right. But, goodness gracious, I wouldn't be friends with Corey anymore. That's how I felt about this episode. How'd you feel about this episode?
0: I thought it was really good. Um, it's, this episode was the first episode in my, um, newfound pursuit, um, as recommended by our Facebook group to just go into these episodes and accept that Corey sucks Mm. and watch the episode knowing that. Right. And uh, yeah, Corey sucks and, and is terrible in this episode and, but everybody else around him is so great in, in this episode at least. Um, Sean is fantastic, and those poems were so good, and I, I am not a person who, um, I've never been a person to, like, delve into poetry and, like, pick it apart. Um, I love poetic words, and I, and I love, um, I love writings with, with multiple meanings behind it, but, I can't just sit and read a poem. I almost like need music behind it for me to kind of like uh, absorb it. But I mean, these poems were so great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, everything you said about Rider Strong is true. He is so good, and and I just feel like he could have been a major movie star and just kind of decided like he didn't want to play that game. Right, is my assumption. Um, and that uh, Trina agree. Uh,
1: I like it, Trina. Tr- Trina I, M- Trina McGree, too. I, Trina McGree.
0: <laughs> what? Um, she is an amazing actress as well. And I found myself watching this episode thinking I can't believe she didn't move on to be a bigger star. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. See, I know plenty about Ryder Strong. And I've heard podcasts with him on it. And I've heard interviews with him. Um, I've never really seen anything with her or, or listened to anything with her. Um, so I'd be interested to hear why she didn't move on to do anything bigger because she is like, um, it, this episode in particular really showcased how good she is at being an actress and being compelling on screen, whether she's delivering lines or not. When she's sitting down to talk to Sean, you can read all of her thoughts on her body. Mm-hmm. Um, when she is watching, Sean read his poem you can you can see her lines Mm -hmm. right like she doesn't have to say anything to convey to you what she is doing there Mm -hmm. um and yeah like Corey sucks I know that and I accept it and I've moved on but I do wish at the end of the episode it hadn't just been hey buddy we're still cool right yeah we're still great you're my date right like There was no no acknowledgement of what Sean said to you earlier. Right. Like, it wasn't even like a thing where Sean forgave him. Corey never apologized or, like, really explained that he grasped the problem. Right, he
1: didn't acknowledge his wrongdoing at all. He still thinks he was right. Right. But... It's not unrealistic. It's very true to real life.
0: Well, and, and I was thinking about that, too. Like, I, I feel like there are times when sometimes people do need a little bit of a push. Um, but they have to be. They have to be the one initiating that. You know, if somebody comes to me and says, I need your help. Um, I need your help. Um, what word am I looking for? I need, I need your help motivating me to get this thing mm-hmm. done, right? Like, then it's okay for me to step in and say, you know what? I signed you up for this 5K or whatever. Like, whatever we're talking about at the moment. I signed you up for this talent fair. Right. Uh, but there was none of that.
1: No, it was actually the opposite. Right. Sean did tell him to back off. And Corey absolutely disrespected everything that Sean said. So, it's a problem, but again, not unrealistic. Like, we have all had that happen in our lives. I think we've constantly. all done it. Yeah. We've... Oh, I've definitely done it.
0: Yeah, I have too. Um, but, anyway, it, it was a really great episode. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, William Russ directed another amazing episode. Um, so, that's
1: one for bad and two for good. So...
0: Yeah, and and um, Erica Montalvo writes two more episodes, so I'll be really interested to see how those play out.
1: Yeah, are they in this season or?
0: Uh, I think one is. I'm not sure if both are. Okay. But um, she's obviously a talented writer, um, and I and I really think that she probably had a lot to do with the way that Sean and Angela carry themselves in this episode. Yeah. So. But
1: also William Russ. Obviously, I mean, I think more and more. So we saw the first episode that he directed. It wasn't written great. It wasn't directed great. Both both sucked. But then the next episode that he directed was amazing. Yeah. Um, he knows these actors. Right. He knows how to direct them at this point. Um, and I think that shows through a lot in this episode. Is that like he knows what their strengths are. And he's like, all right, play this up. You're doing great. Mm -hmm. It was so good.
0: Yeah, it was really good. Uh, So that's how I feel about the episode. I mean, there isn't much to add on top of what you said. And also, I feel like my brain is outside of my body. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't remember anything that I said over the last five minutes.
1: You'll remember tomorrow when you're editing.
0: And I'll be like, that dummy. (laughs) He's the worst. Anyway, Tanya. Yes. What else? (laughs) <laughs> what else tanya
1: let's just skip to the you can find us so you can find us at you can tweet at us on twitter at bmg and bmw you can email us um at bmg and bmw at gmail.com and you how did can... you make
0: the letter m three <laughs> three syllables <laughs>
1: I don't know, but I did it, and I'm not going back. Um, and then you can join our group uh, on Facebook. Just type in Boy Meets, Girl Meets, Boy Meets World into the search bar, and then you can join. i will approve you. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. Let's get you tucked into bed.
0: Um I like how you had to make sure you worded that in a way that was not inappropriate or weird Um,
1: It shouldn't be inappropriate or weird You're my husband, I can say it Say what? Let's get you to bed
0: (laughs) Come on, sport (laughs) Oh god Alright, thank you guys for joining us This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 9 Do Good
1: Class dismissed